Hi folks, Frank here. Before we get started, I just want to let you know that this is a full spoilers podcast, so if you don't want to have Three Ninjas spoiled for you, watch the movie first. Also, we're going to use some curse words, and we're going to allude briefly to sexual assault. Additionally, there are some sound issues in this episode. Namely, I am much louder, because I am sitting closer to the recording device, and in future episodes we're going to have this ironed out, and I will be louder than Diego, because I am always louder than Diego. And there's a little bit of a hiss because the sound gate wasn't working properly. Look, it's our first try. Just give us a break. Please. Also, please enjoy the episode. With the unrest of Japan's 15th century Sengoku period came the advent of the shinobi, or ninja. Trained spies willing to perform acts of espionage and assassination thought to be beneath the honor of the samurai. As the shinobi became a staple of feudal Japan's warfare, so did they become a staple of Japanese theater, literature, and eventually film. Later making its way into Western art, like Ian Fleming's James Bond novel You Only Live Twice and its film adaptation, and Sam Peckinpah's The Killer Elite. In 1979, problematic author-illustrator and ninja fetishist Frank Miller began his run on Marvel Comics' Daredevil, taking over that title's full writing and penciling duties in early 1981. Miller took Daredevil in a much darker, grittier, and more ninjaful direction, introducing the popular sexy ninja Electronachios and the rival clans The Chaste and The Hand, who have now become central to the Daredevil mythology. In Miller's gritty, ninja-centric Daredevil, as well as the teenage casts of Marvel's Uncanny X-Men and DC's New Teen Titans, comic artists Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird saw content ripe for parody, creating their own series, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and subsequently their own company, Mirage Studios, to release it. In 1987, Eastman and Laird licensed Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to Playmates Toys, who, in turn, collaborated with studio Murakami Wolf to produce the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated television series, the popularity of which led to 1990's live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles feature film, a movie that, with a box office of $202 million, was, in its time, the highest-grossing independent film in history. Also released in 1990 was the much-loved ultraviolet yuletide classic Home Alone, a smash hit that inspired a spate of ostensibly family-oriented films in which precocious children violently foil the efforts of bumbling criminals, while ultimately learning a lesson about the importance of family or whatever. Home Alone, which can be criticized as alternately cloying and sadistic, proved to be the second highest grossing film of 1990, with a box office total of $496.7 million against its $18 million budget. This brings us to the subject of our episode, 1992's Three Ninjas. The packaging for home video releases of Three Ninjas feature an unattributed blurb promising that the film crosses Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Home Alone. And it is hard to imagine this is not the exact pitch given for the movie in the offices of Buena Vista Pictures. The result of that pitch was a motion picture that was, for a seven-year-old Frank Anderson, perfect in its conception and execution. A masterpiece. But does Three Ninjas hold the same appeal for a 37-year-old Frank? A Frank who has seen the 400 Blows, Rashomon, and Mad Max Fury Road? We find out on this episode of The Revisitors. In the future, this is where our theme song will go. Welcome to The Revisitors, the podcast in which I, Frank Anderson, and my friend Diego Hernandez cast off the rose-colored glasses of nostalgia to view beloved childhood films through the unsmudged lens of adulthood. Today, we're discussing Three Ninjas. Diego, what's your history with Three Ninjas? Oh, golly. I remember watching this when I was a very young child. I mean, this came out in 1992. I easily remember this, like, loving this in the late 90s. Love ninjas. Who didn't love ninjas? Mind you, I also um, have not seen this movie since the 90s. So, yes, it, this was a favorite of mine as a child, naturally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to the theater to see it. 
with my friend Peter Sweeney. Uh, shout out Peter Sweeney. <laughs> and we immediately went home to play uh, Three Ninjas ourselves, though it was me and two older kids, so I was uh, had the role of Tum Tum foisted upon me, uh, oh. which I did not care for one bit. I purchased the DVD copy of Three Ninjas uh, a couple of years ago for showings with my friends, and it is something I will uh, I will break out once in a while if uh, we're feeling a perhaps watching a less serious uh, film. Nostalgic film. Yeah, maybe. something nostalgia, though I, I am anti-nostalgia myself. <laughs> so this was a kind of monster hit. Do you have, the, the, do you have the, the box office on this? Yeah, so the original budget for this film was actually $2.5 Okay, that and is not very expensive, no. even by the standards of 1992. And uh, a box office of $29 million. So truly, mm. it did very well. Yep, sequelized. I believe there are... Three. three sequels, and they are all flops. But they are the Three Ninjas Kickback, the Three Ninjas Knuckle Up, and Three Ninjas Showdown at oh, it's uh, <laughs> um, it's some amusement park. The one co-starring one Mister Terry Bollea, aka Hulk Hogan. Yep. Um, three Ninjas Showdown at Mega Mountain. Ah, uh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. <laughs> but the, the you say the subsequent sequels were not uh, oh, financial were, successes. They weren't. And actually, the first one's the only one truly released by Disney via, I forget the name of Buena the, Vista Pictures, yep. I believe. And then after that, it was uh, by, a, I think, True Vista or something. It was released by someone else. And yeah, they did not do very well. Mm. But So, Diego, uh, let's, uh, let's get it going, man. Set the scene. So the movie opens up with actually a little bit of a, we have an overhead view of the canopy and it's a voiceover by, I believe. Canopy like? Like the tree, the trees. Forest. Yeah, okay, forest. Yes. Um, definitely can tell it takes place in California or somewhere along the Oh yeah, coast. this is a beautiful piece of property. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's the property belonging to Mori Tanaka. Yep. The grandfather of the three ninjas. The three ninjas. And um, you get a voiceover by the eldest, uh, Samuel. Yes, a voiceover that pops up at the beginning of the movie and has never heard again. (laughs) (laughs) About how every summer they spend time with their grandpa learning martial arts. Martial arts. I don't think they actually say karate or. They never specify a specific martial martial arts. arts. (laughs) Which is what I always say when I went up to my uh, grandfather's compound in Montana and learned to shoot guns. (laughs) (laughs) Martial arts. (laughs) So we actually introduced after that voiceover. Uh, by the oldest brother, um, we have a montage of them training. Yes. A music montage, um, which ends with the three ninjas um, ambushing their grandfather. Uh, so up. I actually noticed a blooper in right at this beginning part, oh, yeah. and they say that they are being trained by their Japanese grandfather, yeah. and these kids are white. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> and we don't notice that when we were kids. Right. It's um, like, yeah, we just go with it. Ninjas are cool. Uh, it is, <laughs> uh, the, our main characters, the three ninjas, are meant to be uh, one-quarter Japanese, but they do not appear to uh, have any kind of Asian ethnicity. They look like white kids to me. And uh, yeah. honestly, so does their half-Japanese mother. Yeah, very much so. But, uh, but again, we, it was the 90s. No one cared about No, I don't that. think a thought was given to making them just no. Japanese, uh, Japanese kids. No, not at all. So, um, but that mont- uh, training montage ends when 
um, the grandfather's driving up uh, through the forest, and he's ambushed by three ninjas with with first one, of course, in classic ninja gear. Now, yep, uh, yep, and they're full like black outfits. A fun fact: the traditional ninja outfit, or what we consider the traditional ninja outfit, is not actually something ninjas were, ninjas would have just worn no. whatever they would wear to blend into their surroundings. Exactly, the black suit comes from kabuki theater when characters playing ninjas or really just stagehands were all black to represent that you couldn't see them all right but those suits look so damn awesome that uh, we just you know ninjas <laughs> gonna wear they're them cool yeah they're looking. cool looking um they're, they're really cool looking i mean what can you say especially yeah. kids like yeah. like you said you went back and played three ninjas yourself with your friends sure I uh, diego has dropped his notebook <laughs> yes i have uh, <laughs> which by the way the youngest being Michael, jumps right in front of the grandfather's car. <laughs> full Smart on, like move. starfish, just jump right <laughs> See, in front of the car. The first example of behavior <laughs> you would not want your kids picking up. Or actually, no, it might start even, because they're pretty they're pretty salty and sassy kids. Oh, 100%. This, uh, discipline does not seem to be a part of their martial arts training in any serious way. No, um, they lost that from the karate kid. Yeah. <laughs> no discipline whatsoever. But yes, uh, Michael at this point... Uh, Simply jumps straight out of a tree in front of a moving vehicle, <laughs> uh, counting upon his grandfather to preserve his life, despite this character of Michael being generally loathsome. Which I thought about this. They're in these the black gear. They were yeah. ninja gear. They're in a forest in the middle of the day. You right. think they're going to wear something more concealing because they're going to be, you know, ninjas. Right. But it was the nineties. Mm. What do I say? So they try to ambush their grandfather to kind of a test, like say, like, "Hey, we're." They try to kill him. They do. Uh, one of them throws shuriken at him, and he barely, <laughs> barely rolls out of the way. Which these kids are hardcore. They're really like <laughs> yeah. actual sharpened. There's one that, during the montage. I, they're like throwing the sharpened shuriken. I stars. think the day they truly become ninjas, the day they <laughs> kill their grandfather in combat. <laughs> but yeah, they they make an attempt on their grandfather's life, but yep. apparently with his permission, which he they end up losing. With a perfectly placed smoke bomb. Yeah, well, he escapes them. Oh, yeah. Right, into a tree. You know, if he really wanted to end their lives, he could have. Yeah. <laughs> and So, Grandfather Mori is played by the venerable actor uh, Victor Wong, who is... The most notable actor. The most notable. Do we have some credits for Victor Wong? I do not, but... Um... He's 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 the only actor to actually appear in all four ninja movies. So he was in um, the Golden Child, The Last Emperor, mm -hmm. John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness, Big Trouble in Little China, Oh yeah, Shanghai Surprise, Tremors. Oh, I forgot about Tremors. Yeah, yeah he was. So he uh, Victor Wong is playing uh, Mori Tanaka, ninja expert. Are we to believe? Do you think that he is born in Japan? Is he a World War Two vet? They don't go into that. I think, okay. the, at least in this movie, the most they go into is uh, there's a black and white photo where the middle child asks, when they're trying to cook later on in the movie, the middle child, Jeffrey, keeps asking, like, who's this? Who's this? Uh, so yes. They never they really learned who their grandmother was either. Because, mm. well, they next go into it. That's the most we have. I think like a, maybe like a USO girl. That's what I would guess, right? Probably. Yeah. Because it's the 90s. I, assume, well, they, I think we can assume they met in the late 40s or early yeah. 50s. And my my supposition is that she was a USO girl or somehow involved uh, with the U.S. military stationed in Japan after 
after the war. Could be. I don't know if they go into it in any other movie. I don't no. think they do. <laughs> but I, I also don't think the uh, this movie is probably not uh, built for that <laughs> material. That, it, it doesn't need that much uh, backstory. <laughs> no. <laughs> so they end up and they make they end the scene with actually like a corny joke saying, "Next time I'll pick a tree that's not so I think spiky oh. or thorny." Oh, uh, not so thorn, so full of thorns. Yeah, I'm not going to try to imitate his accent. I and then, think and we're just like, gonna... ha, 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 like yeah. the cheesiest laughter. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of jokes. Um, a lot of cheesy jokes. On the subject of Victor Wong, in this first scene, we also get what is clearly our first glimpse of Victor Wong's stunt double, who is a <laughs> uh, obviously a much more slender man who has shoved a pillow under his shirt in order to emulate uh, Victor Wong's paunch. Yes. And I have to, if you saw somebody uh, going to do uh, your action scenes as your stunt double, you might be a bit insulted <laughs> if they simply added a gut to the uh, to the costume. Uh, the stunt doubles, uh, the need for the stunt doubles is always why uh, Moich Naka is frequently wearing uh, bucket hats yep. or uh, <laughs> ninja gear. Um, yep, very, very uh, concealing clothing. Yes. Outfits. Yeah. And you can tell the scenes because there's later on there's a scene where he's driving. He's just wearing like a like an open Hawaiian shirt and whatever else. I think he's got style. Uh, he does for back then at least. I mean, but so that's how that scene ends. Sure. So the next we move on to actually um, the naming ceremony. Which, the day of names. The day of names. Which I don't think is a Japanese thing. Or, or specifically, I don't think it's a ninja thing. I don't think so. But you know what movie came out in 1990 in addition to Home Alone and Ninja Turtles is Dances with Wolves. Oh, dear. (laughs) So I think Mm. maybe they're taking or borrowing a little bit from that, too. (laughs) Uh, But so they then the three brothers then get their names. Yes. um, With the oldest, Samuel, being getting the nickname Rocky. Because he's, I think, hard as granite, or he is steady, kind of uh, cool, cool-headed, steadfast. Like he's like stone, yeah, he's like, rocky. Yeah, he's not a boxer. He's he's, <laughs> he's solid. Yeah. yeah. And then the middle child, Jeffrey, getting the name Colt because he's fast like a horse. He's swift and wild. Yes, very wild. He's the he's the sassiest. He's kind of the Raphael of this group. I would yeah. say he's uh, cool, but rude. Yeah. Because he, he's the most distrustful of the group. Oh, yes, certainly. 100%. So, not necessarily the voice of reason. That's definitely Rocky. No. Which I think for the rest of this podcast, we're going to go by their names, their nicknames. Cause... They're ninja names. Ninja names. They are Sorry. not nicknames. Ninja, yeah. ninja names. <laughs> um, I think there's a deleted scene where Grandpa takes them to a courthouse to have these names <laughs> legally changed. You know, I must have missed that one. It wasn't right, yeah. in the one I watched. So <laughs> yeah. that's probably in there. <laughs> <laughs> directors, John Turtletop's director's cut. Uh, <laughs> it's three hours long. It's it's rough. Oh my god! I don't know, <laughs> know if I could make it through three hours of this. Um, but so he, Jeffrey becomes Colt, and then uh, Michael, the youngest, <laughs> gets his his ninja name mm. is Tum Tum because they hate him <laughs> because he likes to eat. Which uh, the biggest thing he's eating all the time are his jelly beans. Y- yes. Okay. And. That their day of names is all the same day suggests that they, it doesn't have anything to do with your age. No, it's maybe they just started training at the the same time. Right. So again, something doesn't have a lot of backstory. Right. But. Was the, I guess they probably just had to wait till Tum Tum was old, old enough to begin the ninja training. Uh, I would hope when if and if, then they all started at the same time. 
I would hope as he becomes older and more into himself that maybe um he could get a different name. This is a child, Tom Tumblr. Right, that sucks a lot. Yeah, like, can you imagine, like, if you were this this skilled, super, like, agile, like, ninja, knew all these martial arts? Oh, what's your name? Tum Tum. Yeah. Was not taking you seriously <laughs> as a professional with Tum Tum. Um, but this scene, actually, I remember very, very well from my childhood because I thought it was the coolest thing ever. They each got their own, like, ninja masks. Which, they're pretty dope. They are. They're cool. Like, um, and actually, they re- maintain these colors where Rocky is green, Colt is blue, and Tum Tum is yellow, orange, and red. They may be cribbing from Ninja Turtles with that. They probably bit. are. But they're still... Each ninja must have his own designated color. Yes. But they're, they were a really cool mask, which they really don't wear too often in the film. They, I think once. Next. Let's talk about this sweet FBI sting operation. <laughs> Which, again, I haven't seen the movie since the 90s, so I totally forgot about this whole scene. Where, yeah, it transitions. After their naming ceremony, it transitions to a warehouse, then. Where um, you see our main antagonist of the film... Which, his name... Snyder. Snyder. Hugo Snyder. Which... I don't catch his first name. That's... A... Alright. Yeah. That's his, that's this his... is the best performance in the movie. Yeah, uh, he's definitely... he He's a good bad guy. He's serving up a hot ham sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> but so he is... He's the, he's the antagonist. He's he's um, an illegal arms trader, in this, at least in this moment. Sure. Doing, that's what he's doing. And a ninja. And a ninja who studies Eastern philosophies. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> so... This, they're in this like you know stereotypical warehouse in what seems to be a major city, probably L.A. I would assume, or one of the main cities in California. That's what it looks like. And he's approached by um, a stereotypical Middle Eastern nefarious businessman. Yes, uh, wearing a, yeah, yeah, wearing a Middle Eastern headdress with but uh, you know sunglasses, mustache. But this man is obviously very, very much not Middle Eastern, and with a very, very not real mustache. He drops this very convincing accent as soon as. Uh, I wish you need to back up here. Snyder's waiting in a in a warehouse. Snyder's waiting a in a beautiful warehouse. Beautiful white stretched limousine pulls in. Yes. And a uh, what seems to be a totally innocuous chauffeur gets out. Uh, he's wearing sunglasses, aviator sunglasses, of course. And then from the back, uh, we have our um, questionably Arabian businessman. Uh, <laughs> businessman. Business so it's time for. Snyder, who who needs to show off his product. Snyder is going to show him the goods. What did you do, Diego? He re- rears up his right arm, and he elbow drops it right into that crate. And what's in the crate? A warhead. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's the one thing you want to really attack. Or like an RPG or something. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. It's some sort a of weapon. Like, it's a weapon. It's, 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 it's a weapon. And because it's an illegal arms trade. Yeah. Um, and that's when the FBI sting happens. As soon as they have a briefcase full of money, yeah, they never show it to Snyder during the deal. As soon as he shows them oh, the missile, the undercover agent uh, immediately drops his <laughs> accent to show that he has a pretty thick New York style <laughs> accident. Yeah, run the best kind of, uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he says, uh, <laughs> "FBI guys, oh, I forgot swarm about the warehouse," and uh, it turns out that this FBI agent. Uh, or the chauffeur, rather, yeah. is uh, one Sam Douglas. 
an agent of some repute, I guess. To uh, that's what it seems. Yes. <laughs> so it's a it's a FBI raid. that by Sting. Yeah. And so they're so. I'll be honest. The FBI here is very cocky. They thought right. they had him. And you know what? I would assume they'd have the whole building surrounded. Yeah. Well, I assumed very wrong. No. Um, and Snyder, who's not really like shocked or perturbed by this, um, calls in all these other ninjas that yeah. descend, in my opinion, very slowly from the ceiling. I don't know if it's supposed to be funny, but it is pretty funny that he immediately punches <laughs> the undercover FBI yes. agent <laughs> and then he's knocked, like, <laughs> knocks him out cold. <laughs> and then. I don't know. It makes me worried that this was the state of the FBI. That's poorly planned. Yes, very poorly planned. These ninjas overtake him. Then okay, so these ninjas don't even have like firearms. The warehouse is lousy with ninjas. Oh, so lousy. But I feel though these FBI have firearms. They have guns. They versus ninjas don't. And they're fully taken out. They could be easily shot while they're, they're <laughs> rappelling down from the yes. ceiling. But and so Snyder runs. Foot chase ensues. <laughs> yep, with um with one of the scenes that actually is only in the international cut, where um he's confronted by two FBI agents, who which Snyder quickly dispatches. Right. I guess I don't like well, he takes out. I dispatch knocks means, them out. Yeah, he doesn't actually kill them, but he takes them out. And he, he, that's when he finds out, it's either before or right after that, when he finds out the money's fake. He takes the time. He takes the time. To <laughs> open up this briefcase and see that the bills are only printed on one side. Yep. Why they even bothered to do that since they yeah. weren't going to show him the money prior yeah. to arresting him. I don't know how it works with weapons, but it seems like <laughs> if they don't give him the money, they've only got him on possession and right? not, in, not intent. <laughs> it's it's probably fun. pretty bad with him. Yeah. With an RPG. But so then they make it, he flees to the rooftop in which their father, um, what's his name? Sam Douglas Sam Senior. Douglas. So, oh my gosh, like these very generic names. Sam Douglas Senior, I'm just calling him Sam. Sam. Um, confronts him. And does he have his, do you remember if he has a gun drawn? Yes, he, well, he draws his gun. He draws his gun. But he doesn't actually shoot until, and he thinks he has Okay, Snyder. so he, yes. But so he goes, he has Snyder, yeah. dead to rights. Suddenly, a helicopter yep. comes up from behind the building, so yep. it was hovering very low to the ground. Which for a you would while. have heard <laughs> yeah. that helicopter. If it was hovering right there, one, you would have seen air moving out, even on the roof, and two, you would have heard that thing. Even on the busiest city days, you would have heard a helicopter hovering 30 feet away. Not in this movie, though. Not in this movie. The ninjas aboard this. Aboard the helicopter, yeah. can start shooting at Sam. Sam has to take oh, cover. Yes, yes. Snyder, instead of getting directly into the helicopter, uh, grabs onto the a rope, la- yeah. the rope ladder yep. dangling beneath because it. Because it has to, has to be a cool exit. It, and you can't be a villain it without is. a cool exit. So Snyder just goes home. Yeah. It's, it's like FBI. I mean, they should know where he lives. Yeah. Uh, he's not at one of his hideouts. He's, so he's his I guess what I would say, in this, this movie is set in an alternate reality in which you cannot arrest a criminal unless it is at <laughs> the scene of the crime. <laughs> uh, unless it's like they don't have proof exactly. Like maybe they needed... Oh, I think they had a positive ID. I just don't know why. You're right. It's, it kind of defeats the the whole person of the movie because I've, when the FBI go and like, get him at his house, they should know where he is. is. Right, especially but... since so there's a later sequence in which... Well, we'll get to, we'll get to it later. <laughs> but Maury is able to find Snyder's Boat in the, sorry, boat hideout. Able to find Snyder's boat hideout, and the FBI is too. But the FBI says they were able to do it by, by following, following Maury. Maury. Yeah, which kind of seems like you, the FBI, they had to start at 
Maury was taking out the house first, so they, they were at Snyder's house, followed Maury from Snyder to the boat. Yep. <laughs> Which is also a, a scene only in the international version. Oh. Where he, where Maury actually, um, well, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about when we get there. Sure. But, um, so Snyder gets away. That's end of that scene. Snyder confers with his lawyer, Brown. Nigel Brown. His Nigel right man. Brown, who, I suppose that sounds English. I would not say that. He is not an English. That is man. not the way that character reads. No. But some uh, he says on. that he knows a lot. I mean, he, he recognizes Sam, Agent Sam Douglas. Yep. From before, which seems wrong because he didn't recognize Sam Douglas when he got out of the limo just as a chauffeur. <laughs> looks like Sam Douglas. Oh, no, it couldn't be. That's a chauffeur. <laughs> <laughs> but he recognized him because he was partners with Maury back in the <gasps> What? <laughs> Shocking, I know. Uh, he was partners with Maury back in the day. What? <laughs> and so he knows he knows the family. Well, oh. most. But he also knows that Sam Douglas despises martial arts. <laughs> yeah. I get As one does. He knows a lot about Sam Douglas. Yeah. But he doesn't know enough about them because he doesn't know about their kids. Well, you know, he has the regular relationship we most most of us do with our partner's uh, former partner's son-in-law. It would have made more sense if it was like, yeah, that's the the son of my. I feel like you remember that more. Well, than what's like... the situation for why for why Snyder knows that Sam Douglas despises the martial arts? Family get together, right? Party. Just Sam party. was drunk at Thanksgiving. and <laughs> here said. Uh, I despise the martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot. I missed that part. Yeah, it's it's odd how much he knows. This is my house, boy. I'll carve the turkey. <laughs> so he he knows who he is. So he's gonna visit. He's gonna pay a visit to his old business partner. Now we have a fun dinner sequence. If I or is no no sorry. yeah no you're right. right. This is this is where so it opens up. We're back at uh, Maury's house with his three grandkids. And they're in his kitchen. Well, he's on his phone with his daughter, and they're serving, uh, cooking, and serving. Which um, Tom Tom is really good with that knife because he's chopping those carrots like a pro chef. Uh, but they're cooking meals. They're cooking dinner. They're throwing the food around like ninjas do. Yep. Tom Tom throws just a big spoonful of food or noodles, I think, at Mori. But so we have a nice little dinner scene where you find out more that like you know their dad does doesn't want them learning martial arts. And is unhappy. And he's in a rut, isn't around very much either. No, he's not. Around. I would not also not want to be around these kids. Um, <laughs> you don't like the kids? Do I like these kids? Uh, no, I do not. They're sassy. They talk. Yeah, about they do a lot of back chat. I gotta tell you, and I'm not crazy about it. <laughs> but Grandpa asks, "What is a ninja?" And did you get this, or should I? Uh, uh, you can get that. I did not write okay. any of those down. The answer is a ninja is one who can use anything around him to trick his enemies. He is fast. He is friendly to his environment. A ninja is honest and good. I think that's wrong, actually. His mind, body, and spirit are one. He has self-control. He has discipline. A ninja loves nature because he's part of nature. A ninja never fights a battle if he cannot win. Then Grandpa says, never use your power on anyone weaker than yourself. Yep. Which I think flies in the face of the <laughs> a ninja never fights a battle he cannot win. They're loose rules. Right. So maybe it's you should stick to battles that you could win... Maybe. <laughs> so that's their nice little dinner sequence. Similarly, from before, a limo pulls up outside of his residence. And be- and they and they know this because they have, um, I think in his house, it's a mask with the eyes that l- blink red when there's someone approaching. The boys- I believe that is in the boy's room. 
No, no, the boys' oh, no. room, they just have the red light bulb that blinks when someone's okay. coming nearby. See, just this is just like my grandpa's compound in <laughs> Montana. Uh, if somebody comes close, an alarm goes off. <laughs> and so they know, oh, someone approaches. But they seem to always assume it's someone nefarious, to be honest. Uh, sure, yes. But so, and then out pops... A... Is California stand your ground state? I don't think so. There's no way it can be. Castle uh, Castle Doctor? No, I don't think so. Not in Ca- California, I think, is too liberal for like some of those laws. Okay. Well, somebody email us when we have an email set up about that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, this is 1992. I don't think the castle defense or stand your ground exists yet. I don't know. I remember if he... I don't think Snyder actually shows yet his face when the limo pulls up. Car pulls up. Grandpa says, boys, stay inside. Yes. And they don't stay inside. They do not stay inside. And he gets out to go check out what's going on with this limo. And then Snyder gets out and a bunch of ninjas kind of get out behind him and quickly surround him. surround him and Grandpa gets to work. Yep, but then the kids, and the Grandpa told them to stay put. And what do the kids do? No, they fight ninjas, man. They fight ninjas, which... Whose training is apparently inferior to their own. They lack discipline. Wow. Which I thought would always be a main tenant and any first like stepping stone for any martial arts is discipline, but... I don't know martial arts, these, I guess. <laughs> these ninjas are ready to go. Though. They're like 0 to 60 <laughs> in two seconds. They, like, they are taking full swings with real swords at these children. They do children. have great teamwork, though. So Grandpa kicks most of the ass. In yeah, this they're scene. like fighting, I think, one to two, maybe three total right. ninjas. While Grandpa's taking out everyone else. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of the Hayas from my Haya counter, by the way, that I oh. have, come from. Haya! They're kind of a... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I believe kids were probably selected from a martial arts class. Probably did a casting call for martial art, like children's martial arts classes in the greater Los Angeles area. Yeah. Um, I don't have much on all the kids. I know for a fact the eldest, the one that plays Samuel or Rocky, by the time he was uh, got hired for this film, he was already a second degree black. Um, okay. He studied both Taekwondo and Karate. Um, and actually by the time he was 16, he was a third degree. So, and that, that's why he actually was hired as the oldest son, um, oldest boy was because of his background in martial arts. Oh, sure. You know what? <laughs> I'm looking at this kid. I could beat the shit out of him. <laughs> no training. No training. <laughs> but I think, I think some of I think the youngest also, also, um, had some sort of, I think they all had some sort of martial arts training. Sure. Um, before coming onto the movie. And they're probably the most photogenic kids with karate training that they could find for the movie. Yes. 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 yes that's true. <laughs> they have to be. So um, they, end, they end up being all the ninjas back. And then they come and they, they're very proud of themselves. You know, they, they took on real ninjas, but their grandfather is not happy with them. He's, he tells them to go sit down. And that's when he, he and Snyder approach each other on his bridge. Which is actually a pretty cool scene. Again, this property, Gorge. It's a great property. It's like this <laughs> nice little, like, sort of cabin um, in the woods, in the foothills of the mountains. Snyder talks about it like it's just a piece of shit. Yeah, down. like it's just like a, like a, like a, 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 a lean-to. Like, it's it's a really it's nice area. Gorgeous. It, yeah, it's it must be like Topanga Canyon. Yeah, it's beautiful trees, beautiful pathways, beautiful walkways. The kids are always training around It's here. like somewhere Joni Mitchell would have lived <laughs> I this I was this is actually really great real estate. We could not afford anything <laughs> no, 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 where no. he lives now. No, no. 
But uh, when Snyder, yeah, we, Snyder don't have that, we don't have that martial arts instructor money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Which Snyder pokes fun at. So this is the interesting part, too, is he pokes fun about how he doesn't have much money because no one else is part of his dojo or learning from him. Sure. He's like, look, your three students there. And that's when um, Maury says, those are my grandkids. And I was like, he, he gives knows... it away the game. He should not be giving up that information. No. Yeah. But it's interesting that he, Snyder knows so much. He knows that Douglas, his business partner's son-in-law hates martial arts, but he has no clue about his uh, business partner's three grandchildren. I thought that was odd. Snyder tries to make a deal with Maury that he wants yep. to like partner up or offers him a partnership and in trade, Maury's meant to you know get Sam to back down. Yeah. and um, Which he won't do it. He has too much honor. And he also threatens that if Maury does not get Douglas off his back, you won't only lose the money you could also lose a son-in-law. And with Douglas out of the way, there may be no one left to defend the honor of your beautiful daughter. And this is a PG movie. What is he threatening here? <laughs> yeah, this is still a PG movie. <laughs> this wasn't one of the scenes that was removed to make it PG. <laughs> no, that that was in both the international and American cut. Yeah. He's th- threatening <laughs> sexual assault, I think. I, I don't want to... Oh, this basic assault, murder. The honor. The honor of his daughter. I guess, yeah, I suppose that makes more sense. Then. Though maybe he just means with Douglas out of the way, he will uh, court. And marry. No, court and have uh, premarital sex <laughs> with, with, with his Maury's daughter. daughter, who must have a name. Uh, uh, I Her name, I did not write down. Patricia? Let's call her Patricia. Uh, the, let's look something it up. something generic. Uh, Jessica Douglas. Ah, so Jessica Patricia. Played by uh, Margarita Franco. Who reprises the role in the third and fourth movie. Or maybe it's a second and third. She comes back as another. So does the dad. Same actor for the so dad. It's Jessica Douglas. Knee. Jessica Tanaka. <laughs> Questionable. You know, I thought about it. We judged this or maybe she was adopted. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Because... Later in the movie, I'll just bring this up now. She and Sam are in the car, and she is defending her father. Oh, you're right. And she says... That's my Japanese she says, side. No, not her Japanese side. Her Asian side. Or, oh, you're right. She does say She says her Asian side specifically. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, they do get rid of the ninjas. They head out after the ultimatum given by Snyder. Which... Um, um, Maury turns down. And the kids are, want to know what happened, but he is disappointed in them because they did not listen to him. Because he asked, he asked, what did I tell you to do? And No, he said, when did I ask for help? Because he could have, let's guess, he could have taken out all those ninjas by himself. Yeah. But, so the kids realized, you know, hey, I guess we didn't need to help. But um, I think it is... Rocky, who quotes one of those uh, aphorisms, yeah, something I don't, you know, they're not clear about it. Yeah. Um, but he well, quotes... he Maury has made these rules up. Ninjas are <laughs> ninjas are meant to be killers, right? Yeah, yeah, assassins, yeah, spies, you know. Um, so then he's like, oh, so they have a nice little warm moment together. Um, I think it's picking that up. Just in case this is heard in the background here, folks, uh, we are recording this on. Uh, the 4th of July, 2023. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there may be some fireworks happening in the background. Uh, happy 4th of July. <laughs> Ninjas. Yeah. Or, yes, they are a distraction uh, 
a distraction created by some ninjas. Yeah, uh, lot, lots of distractions. Okay. Um, <laughs> so then the grandfather... So they have a touching moment where... They have a touching family moment. So then the next scene leads where the grandfather has a, like, um, a testing dummy. Yes, one more final... Uh, tra- Training, I'd say. Ex- one more exercise yeah. that they must do. And he has this little stick, and he and the lights light 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 up. There's a kind of similar to when he, the alert system he has in his house, and he tells uh, Rocky to hit on like probably the chest, mid chest area, right. and the eyes light up, and he says, "Now hit here," and Rocky says, "Oh, the same place." And he's like, "No, it's not." He hits it. The lights, the eyes don't light up, right. and then he has him hit again, and the light, the he has him hit it again, and the eyes light up. So it's basically like a training exercise to show, like, you know, you hit certain points, and I think he says... Places you should only hit to save your own life. Yeah, because they're hits that will, like, take these... And you can out. definitely trust these three fucks not to hit people like that. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so he's trying... She's, she's just training because... I it's- cannot overstate how fucking rotten these kids are to me. Like... <laughs> It's like they're taking the most spoiled, obnoxious kids and then giving them the skills of an assassin for some reason. I think, well, I think they are spoiled. I mean, oh, yeah, definitely. They have a kick-ass room. Though they share one. Well, we'll get to that, too. Yeah. The room is fresh to death. It's, it's, a, kid every, it's a room every kid wanted back in the day. <laughs> right. Like, it's, it's a badass room. Um, but so he has them train on this dummy, and he, has, he points out... Uh, a couple different locations specific, like shoulders, the abdomen, the crotch. That Tum Tum immediately begins repeatedly kicking in the crotch. Right yes. After this. Yes. <laughs> after the grandfather leaves, yeah. It's just like, bang, kick, bang, kick, bang. <laughs> this is where Colt begins to question Grandpa's motives, his past, mm-hmm. his his character. How did Grandpa know that bad guy? Mm-hmm. They have a very black and white. They're kids. A black and white morality, I would say. Uh, they don't. Yeah. Not a lot of gray area for these kids. And that comes up multiple times. Called some um, which is distrust. A, it comes from their probably position of privilege. Uh, they don't know what it is to have to steal a loaf of bread to feed their families. Bet you that house they live in is easy, like seven seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Oh sure, maybe more in California. I don't know. Are you probably probably like one one point five, but. Um, so they practice this and they're, they're, they're conversing because yeah, uh, that's when Colt starts his, um, he's just not as trusting, but he's not, he's not the trusting character. He's, he said the Raphael of the group. Right. And after they're done training, they're heading back to the city, which the kids protest because they're happy, but they have school the next day. So yeah. And they are driving up to the house, singing a very obnoxious, violent version of Top, top of World's Oh, my God. So do you, violent. Do you know the version? And can you sing it with me? I am not singing that version. On I... top of Old Smokey, <laughs> all covered with blood, I shot my poor teacher with the 44 stud. <laughs> when I heard that, I was like, Jesus. <laughs> like... And Maury's just sitting there in the front seat driving. Uh, like, this is normal. Grand. Loves it. It was a, <laughs> a surprising scene that I actually don't remember from my childhood. Because, <laughs> like, oh, that's funny. That's cool. I definitely remembered it and thought it was hilarious when I was a kid. And uh, certainly sang it a couple of times. Oh, yeah. That you better yeah, better memory than me. I did not remember that. So they pull up just as Sam and his partner are getting Ooh. in their car to leave. And yes. Sam... <laughs> Can hardly be bothered to say hi to them. Nope he he's uh 
He's very disinterested. They've been gone like his all summer, right? Yeah, which was like at least three months. Probably hasn't even talked to him on the phone, it seems like. And they're excited to see their dad. They're so excited. By the way, the kids aren't wearing seatbelts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. It is convertible. No seatbelts. <laughs> and they're, they, you know, as they're approaching house, like, dad, dad. Like, they're excited to see their dad, which, I mean, they're kids. They want to see their father. And they announced that they will no longer be identified by their uh, the names given to them by their parents. Nope. But... So not only is the dad, uh, Douglas, no, Sam, Sam Samuel. Douglas Sr. <laughs> Thank you. Two, two. He has two first names as his names. Right. Um. So Sam, it, it, Douglas Senior, um. Yeah, not is interested in his kids, but is more upset that it's like now you have different names. You have to learn martial arts, and now you give him different names. And what yeah. does the grandfather father do? He's like a fun shrug. I gave your kids. I gave your kids a new name. He's Italian. He's Italian now. <laughs> <laughs> Mori Tanaka. Um, I'm a, como se dice, a Japanese grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, and yeah. Oh, but oh, we forgot to mention too. As they're coming, as they're driving up, that's when we first see Emily. Oh, which used to Emily for the first time. Who Ooh, the, la. the boy, uh, the 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 middle child and the younger child, so um, Colt and Tum Tum mm-hmm. make fun of Rocky, calling her his girlfriend mm-hmm. and that becomes a very common theme to the first part of the movie <laughs> and so the father leaves with his partner because they have to do more fbi stuff like learn if you're going to do a sting surround the building or do better at your job but so we kind of introduce the lesson that's to be learned from this movie which is by the parent i guess that he needs to be more attentive to his Sons and uh, concerned at their interests. Not at all. If you're going to learn a lesson, I suppose that's the lesson that is learned. The, da- the dad leaves, and they go, and they- that's when you see our- their mom for the first time too. You-, you see her here on the phone, but you don't. This is when you actually see her for the first time. Yes, and she is not half Japanese as uh, as expected. Uh, sorry, I've said this. I really cannot reiterate enough <laughs> how. Nobody is well. Really, nobody is Japanese in this movie since Victor Wong is uh, Chinese. Chinese. <laughs> uh, but, but again, they never say. And you know what? They never say they're Japanese. Though. They say they're Asian. They do say our Japanese grandfather in the first. You're scene, right. You're right. It. You're right. In the over, in the voiceover in the beginning. Sure. And Ninja, of course, is a, is a oh, Japanese yeah. at large. So Colt gets pissed off with that. Oh, his father. Happy. His father continues to call him Jeffrey, even though. Just seconds ago, he said, Colt. Yep. And uh, he tells them to kiss their parents, and he's off uh, after talking to them for 30 seconds. If that. After a long summer, because he's pretty pissed off to their home, probably. <laughs> so that's when we kind of... And then after that, you know, they... Now... She talks with her father. Yep. And she does uh, give Colt some words of encouragement. Because she thinks... And says, I think you're going to make a great ninja warrior. She's very supportive. Right. She's great. Like I think, I think she's a good mom. I it's think so too, mom. and you should support your kids' interests. But are they? I mean, I can see Sam is just kind of hesitant. Like he doesn't want them going to college for uh, ninjutsu, or uh, you know, he probably wants them taking a more practical interest, uh, accounting. Well, how's he gonna know? He's never around. Yeah, sure. So it's really his fault. So yes. after the scene, then we the, the kids are at home. We then move back to Snyder and his story. Yeah. So Snyder is like he's home again. Yeah, he's home again. 
or what we I think it's his home. I, it, it, if, if it's not, it's, it looks really nice. It if it is not his home, it is the home of Brown, his lawyer. Yeah. And in this scene, uh, Brown, I guess, in addition to his duties as a lawyer, has to wear uh, pads while <laughs> Snyder practices punching. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> even though he has a great big bodyguard right yep. there, Rushmore. Oh, is that his name? The name, That's of the his name? Yeah, the bodyguard's name is Rushmore. Huh. That's a good pickup. Do they actually say it in the movie? Oh, I don't think so. I think I just. I mean, that guy's built like a brick shit house. Oh, absolutely! Like I wouldn't want to mess with that guy. He's no. a good bodyguard. He's a real wrestler, not a sumo wrestler, but like a like a, like a wrestler's um, body. Like he looks like a pro wrestler almost. Yeah, his he has a name. It's, isn't it Professor? Like his wrestling name is Professor. Oh, and is he, it an actual wrestler? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. Hmm. I want to say I want to say his might be Professor Tanaka or something. Professor Toru Tanaka. Yeah, see? I kind of know what I'm he talking about. He was a about. professional, American professional wrestler and a professional boxer, college football player, soldier, actor, and martial artist. Yeah. A good bodyguard um, resume there. So, Snyder hatches a plan. He wants to kidnap the children as leverage so then um, Douglas will back off. Mm. But they can't send any of their guys out to um, kidnap the children. Why? I don't remember why. Do you remember why? No. There was a specific reason why they couldn't. I think. I think uh, he I, wants to outsource. It, I, I think, think he does. I think he says because everyone's watching him or his people. Sure. It's you you know who would seem especially well equipped to uh, evade <laughs> uh, observation? Who? Ninja. <laughs> so they he enlist oh sorry brown enlists his nephew fester he offers his nephew and and uh there's a really good line that snyder asks um, oh uh, are they trained in eastern philosophies like armin why would they be <laughs> and i just was like well i know they like to read and that's when the scene opens up to fester and his gang reading um a, a, a surfer magazine. chicks surfer chicks yeah um, and these are very, very three guys. They're they're fast. real surfer dudes. They're such surfer dudes. Laid back, just the stereotypical surfer bro language. Um, and their names are Fester, Radical, Marcus, and Kawabanga, <laughs> and Hammer, Hammer. <laughs> and they're in they're looking at this magazine in a convenience store, in which then the store owner, I assume. Tells them this isn't a library. I need to buy something or get out. Sure. So then um, Fester tells his, um, his his guys to go get, um, you know, food and drink. And um, that's when Fester uh, pulls out a gun. These are just some dudes who like to have a good time. And they're, they're not really that intimidating. Like, mm-hmm. I would never assume they're going to actually rob me until they put out the gun. Sure. For sure. You know, this could... Uh, Point Break came out, you know, fairly shortly before... Right, this movie. So maybe they were like, "Let's get some surfer <laughs> robbers <laughs> into this film." It's a it's a hearty stew of different influences. <laughs> a lot of uh, it, it, they they were the comedic relief, I think, of the entire movie. Like they sure. were the comedy, and you know, what? not totally inept at it. No, they held up that store great. Um, they oh, I'm talking about the they're not in <laughs> no, they're they're fine at holding up the store. They do a good job. Yeah. And use the phone at the end too, which is yes. But I I think these actors are understanding and uh, executing the assignment oh, with a plum. 
Yes. The jokes are not funny themselves, no. but they're they're good at the surfer thing, and yeah. you know, it's like, yeah, it's they a, maintain it really well throughout the whole It's a Bill and Ted bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. Um, which this also is another scene that was only in the international version mm-hmm. is um, the store clerk doesn't necessarily believe he's holding. Oh, store. he takes some shots. He takes some shots right near the clerk's head, and that was removed because that would have made it not PG. Fine. Yes, I believe that. Uh, you know, there's other gunshots later in the film and earlier in the film. Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> um, but so he's telling him about this job. He wants him to kidnap some kids and they're going to do it. And then they're getting the address from Brown, Nigel Brown. And they, the next scene we see the store clerk is uh, he's tied up on the ground and they have him cover his ears. So he has one guy remember one part of the address, the, the number of the address. The other guy have remember memorized the second part of the number of the address. Well, it's like each yeah, each number, each number. And he's like, got it. Whatever. That whatever. doesn't pay off in any way either. No. They just go to the right address. I'm later. sorry. That scene was a waste of my time. <laughs> Obviously, they, they're setting it up. I think so that. They would go to two similar addresses. I was numbers. expecting that. I was expecting them no. to go to the wrong house and kidnap the wrong kids. No. Nope. It was dumb. I thought it was stupid. Useless scene. Well, you have to establish that who they are, which is that they are uh, surfer dude. I just Robert, didn't so think they, they needed that. You just all right. the other antics but in the like movie. You're setting up a joke that's not going to pay off. Yeah, that's true. So after that scene, then, uh, we're back to um, the, the uh, Fester and his boys. They're driving up in their... Um... It's like a VW van. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, a VW van. And it van. says, die yuppie scum yes. on the front. <laughs> <laughs> oh, die yuppie scum. Right. Woof. <laughs> and so... There's no way this van does not reek of weed. <laughs> it has to. It has to. There's no way. It, there's no way it can't. Um, so they're driving up because they're going to kidnap these kids, right? And then they see the place swarming with FBI agents because, well, again, their dad. So they know. Yeah. Did you notice that Sam is checking his gun as he walks into the house? Yes. Yeah, for some reason. A lot of protocols. Again, it was 1992. A lot of the safety protocols aren't uh, a thing. He's like lo- loading his gun as he enters his own home. And asking, do you guys want some coffee? Yeah. <laughs> but then they decide to not kidnap them because the place again is swarming with FBI yes, agents. So instead, they talk about it's like, what time is school tomorrow? Because they plan to try and kidnap the school, the kids on the way to school. Then, sure. And well, so while this is happening, the boys are we get a good glimpse at the boys' room and what their kind of day day to day lives are like, or what their kick ass room, kick ass room. I'm talking. They not only they have a Michael Jordan poster, which would be kind of day rigueur for kids at the time. Mm-hmm. They also have a big game, James Worthy, to show that they are Lakers home. You know, they're they're homers, the Lakers. Yeah. And Rocky communicates with Emily via tin can on a string, which would not work. The clarity on this device is incredible. I would say if if we're doing kind of a Ninja Turtles, uh, <laughs> Three Ninjas equation, Rocky is both Leonardo. And Donatello, yeah, because he has invented. He is the kind of solid, uh, level-headed leader, yep, who doesn't want to get into too much trouble. And then also, he has invented. Uh, he's a telecommunications genius. Yeah, having, because who thought like these these cans he has with these like support arms are clear like they're clearer than classic. Um, it's a classic can on a string. Yes. And it that's extends between the, two houses. Yeah, that's clearer than the present day cell phones they have of the era. Right, 
I mean, forget being a ninja. Just, and this really... is where we get, he's talking to Emily, and we get the chant oh. of Rocky loves Emily. Rocky <laughs> loves Emily. A chant that my friends and I also took up from occasion, even though we had no friends uh, named Rocky. To, Which I think that's where we about. hear um, the R word. Yes. Which shocked me, honestly. Yes. <laughs> I totally forgot. Yep. This uh, knocked the wind out of you. So uh, Emily asks what's going on as this chant is going on. And uh, Rocky says, my brothers are being blank. R-worded. Yeah. And I haven't heard that word used uttered in any form of media in <laughs> right. a long time. <laughs> it's it's jarring, uh, it to is. say the least. Uh, Tom Tom is playing Mario 3, of course, yep. on Nintendo. Nintendo in his room. Very cool. Um, I think Colt is jumping on a trampoline, yeah. which he then uses to jump into the, the top bunk yeah. when they hear their mother coming. They also have an early alert system. How they've set that, I mean, that must be. I uh, Their grandfather must help them with that. Or, because... or well, Rocky's, Rocky, just, Rocky's just a genius. Rocky's a genius. So they have an early alert system that goes like... It's a red light, just like. Does the... it make a noise? It does. It does. I'm pretty sure it makes. So a they noise. all get into, you know, hit the lights, get into bed, so that their mother thinks they've been sleeping yep. peacefully, even though she probably could have heard the Rocky loves Emily chant or the sound of the buzzer that goes <laughs> off uh, to alert them to her approaching. Um, so the room room. is awesome, but they all sleep in it. (laughs) Eventually, Rocky is going to be pretty close to uh, wanting his own room age. Yeah, because he's about, what, 14? Mm, Younger, I think. 13, 12? I think they're all elementary school. Okay. But Rocky's probably going to middle school. He's like, yeah, 12. Going going to middle school the next year. Yeah. So maybe the room that they're renovating at the end of the hall is yeah. going to be Rocky's. I mean, that that house is huge. It has so many multiple rooms. It has right. to. Then they they go to bed mm-hmm. um, after their kick-ass like, antics. Yep, we get um, a little shot of Grandpa then, kind of training by moonlight. He is... We're right before that. And then um, mm-hmm. to end there, like, then they go to bed, um, Rocky pulls that like string, and then their the window cover comes down, mm-hmm. which is cool. And then, of course, it ends in comedy because he said goodnight, and Tom Tom's like, hey, I have my stash of jelly beans. Which, mm. he, the scene ends with him choking on a jelly bean. He's like, <coughs> okay. I choked on a jelly bean. Oh, for, foreboding. It is now, uh, <laughs> it is now Chekhov's, Chekhov's jelly bean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then the scene ends, and then we move on to like, a, a pretty cool, like, yeah, nighttime training scene. Grandpa's preparing for blood. And he has this, you know, I think, his sword. Yeah, yes. Violence is imminent. Cool scene. I'm sure. okay with it. I like it. I can dig it. Yeah. So after that scene. No, then, next morning. Yep, next morning. Rushing around. It's the first day of school. No one's ready. Uh, um, which is funny because Rocky tells Emily previously, like, she'll ride with them, and he tells her not to be late. Yeah, he's a kind of a dick boyfriend, I gotta say. Yeah. Like, saying that she's not his girlfriend. I don't know, to impress his brothers or whatever. Like, he's just kind of stringing her along. I think this is not a good relationship. But mom is preparing those lunches, and they get their choice of orange or grape crush. Pretty Um, cool. It's the stuff you wanted when you were a kid. And for, yeah, it's for a little bit, it's a kids on bikes movie. And, um, Um, and so we have to have his sandwich cut diagonally. Oh, sure. And we're, yeah, we're out on our bikes. We are stealing from ET a little bit here. Yep, uh, a bike scene. It's and then um because this is when Fester and his boys were gonna come and kidnap them. Right. 
But as they're biking, the three boys enter the uh, a construction area. Yes. But of course, Emily with some sick jumps. Yeah, which mind you, I would if my parents found out I went to a construction area on my bike, I would be killed over that. Hmm. There was no way. Like it's a dangerous area. I did dangerous shit on my bike as a child, though. Oh, like, I did a not. lot. <laughs> a lot of like riding down stairs, or uh, okay. I did a thing where I would like stand on the seat. <laughs> um, uh. Uh, but so they so they go and because that's kind of how like they lose Fester and they don't realize they're being followed. Fester and the other guys are pretty impressed by the sick moves that the the three ninjas are doing on their bicycles. Yep, because they're all watching them as they're driving along and they're they're doing some cool stuff until you hear a crash because right. you realize then that Fester has rear-ended a police officer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Remarkably, they are not arrested for possession no. of marijuana in this scene. No. <laughs> uh, so, but then the kids group back up together, and they're like, where's Emily? And Tum Tum says, forget her, she's too slow. Rocky goes to find her. Um, and while he's begging up to find her, then she's confronted by the bullies. Oh. Who, and uh, what a band of bullies they are. Yeah. Did you they, get a good look at like these kids? There's like two of them are convincing bullies, like big kind of beefy kids. And the other four are like just the bad <laughs> They look twerps. Yeah. Like they look like probably children of people that worked on the movie. That's, yeah, that's they, what I would guess they are. They're not muscle, that's for sure, no. of this bully group. And so they take they take Emily's bike. Yes. Um in which then they Rocky catches up to Emily. And I don't remember exactly the exchange. I thought she's unhappy. Which I mean, she had her bike stolen. Why would she be happy? Right, because they abandoned her. And Rocky wanted to show off. Oh yes, this is the this is the classic. Why are you showing off? Don't show. It's off. a major point of contention in their relationship that Rocky wants to show off. And to Emily's credit, she has adopted this Rocky name very quickly. She has. Uh, she digs him though. Yeah, you know I mean, um, which yes, every time she's there and Rocky's there, why show off? Don't show off. You yeah. hear the word "show off," it's going to happen. Yeah. So they lose the bike. So now we're still at school, and they're at a recess. Rocky challenges the bullies um, to a game of basketball. I don't yeah, know it's exactly. it's I basketball. I think you've properly identified the sport as basketball. It's yeah. basketball. I don't need to go into details. Right. And so, they're trying to get Emily's bike. Ninja back. skills translate to basketball very well. Yes, but yeah. even though Colt wants to fight them, right? you always have then Rocky saying, like, no, you don't. we can't fight them. Mm-hmm. We can't use our skills here. This is not what it's for. Um, because they're not supposed to attack people weaker than them. Yes, <laughs> that is accurate. <laughs> but this, this is the interesting part, and there's a big difference between the American release and the right. international release. Well, in both ways. So they actually they spot the bullies nine points yes. in a game to ten, which is very arrogant. But yeah. they're incredible basketball players. They are. They're really good. And in the bullies are playing some really dirty tactics. They're still like... They're pretty chippy. Up. They're like the Pistons of the late 80s. They're, they're playing the Jordan rules. <laughs> sure. So it gets pretty chippy. But you can't stop Colt from like taking off from the free throw line <laughs> on a dunk, um, during which he pistons his feet, which yes. is incredible. <laughs> like that's like Sean Kemp shit. Um, Colt like blocks one at the rim. Uh, they do all kinds of crazy fake passes, and like uh, Rocky has a really nice silky over the like <laughs> over the head pass to. Uh, the problem with the bullies' defense is they keep dedicating both of themselves to whoever has the ball at one time and not guarding the off-ball man. 
um, they could they could be coached up a little bit, and I think they'd be okay. <laughs> so, um, the basketball scene happens in both versions of the movie. However, in the international version, they lose the game. But in the American release, they win the game. And, More on that later. Yeah. Um, so in so in this version though, they lose the game and they end up losing. Um, both um, Rocky and Colt lose their bikes. Yes, which they had thrown in as an additional. Yep, even though they were warned we're not supposed to be betting or gambling. Which is weird. Did their mom tell them that? They're not supposed to be gambling? But my mom also told me not to gamble when I was a child, too. My mom never told me that. I just didn't think she thought it would be a problem. Because we used to do bike races and we what, what do you think the uh, what do you think the occasion for her telling them not to to bet was? <laughs> Did she learn that uh, Colt was engaging in some kind of uh, fight club? Maybe that they were if uh, everyone's going to do it, it's probably be Colt, right? <laughs> but, yeah, it would be Colt. Though Rocky would be smart enough to like. Uh, bet against himself and then throw a fight. Yes, yes, he would. <laughs> <laughs> and Colt would have no idea what he's doing. Right. Um, so they lose the bikes. That pretty much ends that scene. Of course, with, I believe, Emily talking about him showing off again. Yes. A couple, twice, I think. In he's that. a show off. He likes, he's, he likes to peacock, baby. Yeah, he does. <laughs> um, so that's kind of where the scene ends at school. Right. And, you know, Emily, I don't think she totally hates it either. I think, no. like, eventually if they stay together, it's going to be one of those relationships where, like, uh, she says she doesn't like him to beat up guys that try to flirt with her, but you know. I would hope that she would train. I mean, it's early nights. I hope she would become a ninja herself. Yeah, mm. that'd be pretty cool. Ninja duo. Sure, and cause contention in, between the ninja trio well, brothers. Emily is actually out of the picture by the, yeah. the sequels. Yeah, because so. there's other love interests. Yeah, know their children. So that scene ends. And the next thing, it's same. It's the same day. It's that night now, and they're at the the Douglas house. Mother Douglas is um, getting ready to go meet their father. In the meantime, Maury, Grandpa Maury, has trailed Snyder to his boat. He owns a boat like Mare Squid on basically. Yeah. <laughs> like Snyder really has. He has a. Sizable he must be a billionaire. Fortune. Oh, absolutely. He's an evil billionaire. I mean, okay. well, aren't all billionaires evil? Eastern I like Park. Buffett. <laughs> <laughs> so then, after the tracking scene, then we're back at the Douglas residence with Mother Douglas getting ready to go meet Mother Douglas. I can't forget her sound names. Like, like this is this is not set in uh, like Salem, Massachusetts, in the 1600s. Good, good, good wife Douglas is preparing the. Uh, is preparing the, the, the dinner for. She's not preparing dinner. What are we talking about? She's preparing to go out and ordering a pizza. Uh, yeah, she might not even bother ordering a pizza. <laughs> well, they're no, they're going to bed. So they're no, no yeah. they're going to bed because um, Tom Tom's asking, "Is Dad going to be home tonight?" And no, he's working late. That's why these parents have had three months by themselves at their house, and they need a goddamn break from these kids after <laughs> two after two nights. That's not even two full days. I, <laughs> yeah, technically. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, so she's going to go meet him and that's why she's leaving because they bring in a babysitter then who is supposed to be this old, what I assume to be an old crotchety, like right. lady archetype. Hair in curlers. Yep. But definitely the actress they have is not an old woman. Cause this is also where we see that Colt is, I think it's the Colt. Colt or... is brooding in his father's office and sees a picture of, uh, of, um, Snyder and Maury, Maury together. What? <laughs> and he 
because um, he's going through his father's files, which is not very for secure for an FBI agent tracking some very sensitive information. No, I don't even know that he needs to have a home office per se. No, especially not with all those kids. Or it should be locked with those right. kids around. But that's when they find out because he shows the picture to Rocky. And again, this breeds more distrust in his uh, grandfather because he thinks he's one of the bad guys. While mm-hmm. Rocky, though, is still being the He has been friends in a guy they have decided with a guy who they have determined is a bad guy. And in fact, self-identifies as a bad guy in Which, one scene. It comes so. back to that you said you mentioning too that their vision is very black and white. And mm-hmm. definitely Colt's is. Sure. And Rocky's is going to be the most um Well, he just has faith in his grandfather. Tum Tum yeah. is seems so. Tum Tum is Tum 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 is Tum Tum. Tum Tum is there. Yeah. Just you gotta let Tum Tum be Tum Tum. Exactly. Let him eat his jelly beans. He he's good yeah. to go. He's, he's gonna crack wise a little bit. Yeah. The Michelangelo of the group. <laughs> so this is when um we have a small little talk with Emily again through this magical pin. <sighs> we don't mention that much. And so but then this is when Fester and his goons arrive, um, taking over the taking the guise of a pizza delivery yeah. person. That is very much a Domino's uh, uniform <laughs> without the actual uh, yeah. license. <laughs> and, of course, they're up to their surfer guy, like, mannerisms. Sure. Um, and so they get entry to the house. They eat a little za. Eat a little za. Yeah, of course, the za. Actually, they decide to eat a pizza before uh, setting about the kidnapping. Yeah. They've already um, secured the babysitter in the closet. Right. Uh, very easily, actually. She's been knocked unconscious by this pizza. Yep. And so... <laughs> and he... Okay, so Fester rams forward with the like pizza. punches this pizza into the babysitter's yeah. face and like pushes her into a closet with it, and then seemingly reaches or no, it's not Fester; it's one of the other guys. No, it's Fester because he's wearing the pizza outfit. No, he's wearing the pizza, but sorry, after yeah, after one of the other guys says, "Dude, not cool." <laughs> And he reaches into the closet and seemingly takes a slice of pizza off of the face of this babysitter and yes. consumes it. And so they're eating this pizza now, waiting. And they're even saying, we'll save some of Za for the kids. These are pretty cool kids, I think. <laughs> and and now course, uh, Home Alone breaks out. Yeah, and of course they know. They know that they're there because they weren't quiet about attacking the babysitter. And so they start a three-phase plan, which I, I'm not going to describe all the phases, but... No. They, they have a three-phase plan where they're going to um, pretty much entrap and, and say, like, home alone in snares. So this is a pretty lengthy sequence, so should we, we should probably just hit the highlights as yeah, far this as... this is so... so this um, is unnecessarily long. We got to uh, spraying the floor with soap so that the bandits... Not bandits. So what am I talking? About? Not <laughs> I don't think long. they deserve bandits. The the kidnappers uh, slip and slide all over the place. Yep. Um, the jelly beans that Tom Tom puts on the floor have the same effect, making me think you probably should not be chewing these no. things. Uh, they're slipping and sliding on those jelly. Beans. They're not crushing them. Um, uh, they throw homemade bombs of pepper it, into pepper bombs. Pepper yep. bombs into the eyes of now. This is just Fester's sidekicks at this point, because Fester himself uh, is being strangled to death. Uh, By they, Rocky yeah, on the second floor. Rocky has, like, Rocky has pushed him through the uh, second floor railing, Yeah. so his head's through, and then has like a, put belt, a, has a tie around his neck yeah. that he has tied to that railing, so that Fester is strangling slowly strangled to death. death. Um, and while well, his buddies are getting pepper-bombed. 
Which, uh, by the way, before, because Tum Tum actually is mixing the concoctions. Yeah, it takes him a while. Oh, yes, sorry. Because Colt is then um, fighting the two other goons in the living room and doing a pretty good job of it, actually. Yeah. Which also gave me a lot of hyaz. Hyaz. Um, oh, they have also prepped uh, a soda with a, a laxative. A fa- not yet. Apparently very... It's after the pepper bombs they do that. They don't prep it before the pepper no. bombs? Okay. Because as because they pepper bomb them, and then they go into the sink. And then they're passing the soda, and Cold's like, hold up, remember when you were sick? And that's when they pour the laxatives right. in there and mix it around. Because it turns it from, like, this, it's, it's like Coca-Cola, I assume. Sure. It's a dark soda. Mm-hmm. Into this, like, light. It looks like they're putting cream in it. <laughs> yeah, like, and I was like, that wouldn't taste good at all. That wouldn't taste like soda. But again, they're very, so they surf for a broken. They're not numbers. real smart. No, and they're laid back. Especially because they take this drink from this child who has already been yeah, throwing Tum-tum, pepper in theirs. Tum-Tum offers it. Right. And they take it. Oh, and I, pepper, Tum-Tum has this line reading, uh, after they have thrown the pepper bombs in the eyes of these, these criminals. Yeah. Uh, it, and he is running past them. He says, uh, sorry if it stings. <laughs> oh God. Yes, he does do that. It's, and it makes you want a ninja to sneak up behind Tum Tum, run him through with the sword, and say, "Sorry if it stings." <laughs> well, because it gets to the point where um, Fester and goons want to just kill the kids. Oh yes, yeah. Like they're ready to they're gonna shoot these. their way out. Yes. Um, and so they actually end up after like the whole scene. They get like, they have uh, Fester and the goons re- reunite, and so the kids are. And so um, they decide to go through their room to search them for, for weaknesses. Right. And that's when they figure... They, the, they are duly impressed by the room, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a, who wouldn't be? I mean, that's, right. even now, I'd be like, mm-hmm. that's a pretty cool room to have. Yeah. It's a nice size, but um, that's when Fester finds the tin They get gifts, in. I imagine, and nice things to make up for the absence of their father. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, buying the love, affection of your children. Yes. <laughs> um. And so they use it. He Fester uses the tin can contraption to wake up Emily. His little kid voice he does is pretty funny. It is pretty funny. It's, hey Emily, <laughs> do you want to come over? It's kind of like <laughs> which shame on Emily for believing that. And so they tells Emily to come over, in which then that's how they kidnap Emily to use kind of as leverage to get the boys to stop. They point a gun at her head, which yeah. is. Alarming to me in a, a children's which movie. Like, I don't think was a deleted scene for the American version. No, it's in there. It's in the American version for sure. So that wasn't removed. But so they go into what I assume is I don't think it's the dad's office. Yes, it is. Is the office okay? Mm-hmm. They have Emily. where you would think Colt would think to just take their father's gun and blast these fools, but he does not. Well, they should be calling the cops, but they really want to show. Like, All right. Oh God, we forgot about that. We need to go back. Back up, everyone, for a hot second. So. This is my favorite, one of my favorite parts. As Colt sees the initial attack on the babysitter, and he tells his brothers about it, and at first they're like, awesome, the babysitter has been incapacitated. <laughs> and then he says, but they have guns. Oh, and they realize they need to call the cops. But then Colt comes up with the bright idea. Or is it Rocky? It's Rocky. Rocky comes up I with the bright idea. One of them do. One of the older boys. Yeah. Says, wait, what if we fend off these robbers with our martial arts skills and we will show dad. I bet you it's Colt. Yeah, I think it is Colt. We will show dad that 
this is worthwhile, which is, I think, the exact thing is the exact thing a parent would fear by signing their child up for uh, martial arts. <laughs> dumb. Yeah. Dumb. So a dumb move on their part. Well, they should right. have called the cops. Right. Because it does come back to bite them. Because with the help from Emily and help from Tum Tum, who's up on this deer yeah, thing. Something that would not support the weight of uh, even a child as no. small as him. They knock out, well, they knock out faster because the other two goons have come. Um, the effects of the laxatives have hit them. Powerfully and quickly. Horrendously, because... And of course, they have multiple bathrooms in this giant and house. It, this movie shows, I would say, some significant restraint in that there are no fart noises, right? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but they knock out They knock out then Fester, and then Emily does actually a pretty cool like knockout. Oh, thing. yeah, she does a haymaker. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty, pretty sick, not yeah. going to lie. I mean, really, if anyone's showing up, she just showed up. Maybe Mori is also her grandfather. (laughs) (laughs) He gets gets around. Um, And so then they go to take out the other two goons, which the first one, um, he tries to attack, fend him off with a plunger, which this scene got me because it's disgusting because Colt takes the plunger back and then plunges the guy's face with something that's probably been used in a toilet. Oh, yeah. Disgusting. And then uh, they take out the third guy. It's not as memorable for me because it's unnecessary. This scene was really long. I didn't think it needed to be this. Long. Yeah, but this is uh, this is the money scene for yeah kids of the, who are going to watch this movie, right? And so calling the cops. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, so they take out the goons and they go to free the babysitter, who's very traumatized by this whole scenario. Yeah, like, like almost like she's in shock. She, oh, she's hella in shock. And then that's when. Uh, Nigel Brown and Rushmore show up, and a couple of ninjas. Do they? Are yes, they just, there's okay. a couple of ninjas kind of hanging. Well, so then they try to attack Rush. Well, one of them tries to attack Rushmore, and Rushmore just like picks them up yeah. as their children. We don't see them like wrestling these kids in the car. I would think no. That would be, uh... I think kids go quietly because they realize they, if anything, they're smart. They're not going to fight because they know they can't win. Right. Because you're only supposed to uh, get into a they fight. They leave Emily. Because she is not to send a message. Because yeah, they leave a note with Emily to tell them to come to. Well, um, they have a note with Emily, which she gives. Which she gives in the next scene. Yeah, when the FBI is like at the house, Emily like gives a note that she's been given by Brown from Snyder, saying we have, and then she just takes off as though she is afraid of being implicated. Yeah, Emily just like she's like, I can't talk to the cops. No cops. Like instead of giving them probably probably really valuable information, (laughs) right. She, just talk, she gives a note and dashes off. Right. So she has priors, I guess, and she is <laughs> I guess worried so. about yeah. oh. you know what the hell she's done in over yeah. there, whatever city they're in, but let's not be good. <laughs> right. Um, and so the mom reads and takes it to then CIA dad, um, yeah, Samuel. Right. Sam. Samuel Douglas Sr. <laughs> Father, Father Douglas. <laughs> and, um, because then basically saying, like, we have your kids, no cops. Because that's when. Um, Maury shows up. Yes. Does he drive up in his convertible? No, he walks up in full ninja regalia. <laughs> yes. And the FBI are pointing guns at him and tell him to stop. And he's just like, no, it's my father-in-law. He's, he doesn't say that he's senile out loud, but <laughs> that's the, I would say the implication I could see of one, one's grandfather showing up in a full ninja outfit to an FBI investigation. But then um, their dad is very against him wanting to go. And, well, at first. At first, yeah. And Sam does say the thing you have in common is we both hate Snyder. Yes. And we both love those boys. Yeah. And, and what's funny is after he says we both love those boys, 
Mori, I think, looks to the left at uh, Jessica, mm-hmm. his daughter, but it really just looks like he's just giving the side eye to the, the, the idea that he loves those boys. Like, I, I saw that. I, see, I totally saw that. Sam agrees to let... Give him an hour. Give him an hour, and I guess Sam's probably just thinking, like, worst case scenario, Maury's out of my hair. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because Jessica also helps defend, saying he loves... Like, she's there, too, to help, like, kind of bridge the gap between them. Because mm-hmm. they definitely have issues. Um, but yeah, uh, Sam gives him an hour to rescue the boys, because... Because that's how they found out, because they, Maury tracked Snyder to Snyder's secret ship hideout, while the FBI tracked Maury, and that's how they found, that's how they know where he's at. This movie is very critical of the FBI. Yes. um, They don't know how to do anything. (laughs) Um, So then, the next scene, we're jumping now to the secret hideout ship, Mm -hmm. um, where they're walking the boys to the ship. And can I give him like, like a kind of a tour? It seems like, um, right? Because then they notice that there's all these like ninjas in With training, guns, which makes them not ninjas in their <laughs> they estimation. Have guns. Which I don't think is a thing. I think ninjas would use guns had they, I think uh, they would, in their heyday, been given access to uh, M16s. Whatever it took them I mean, to get the assassin get away, right? Um, and so, but then they recognize the the training method and training style. And that's why they're kind of bridging that. They're connecting the dots. And it's like, shit. Yeah. That they're like, oh, this is stuff our grandfather taught us. <laughs> Which, again, then Colt still is just being so mistrustful of uh, his grandfather. Yeah. Um, and so then they're put in a cell, a yes. holding cell on the ship. Well, Mori is infiltrating yeah. the ship in a very snazzy, I would say, like shark skin yeah. uh, ninja outfit. Uh very reflective, which I would not think would be the best for no. for sneaking. But, but it's a cool scene yeah, climbing up like the cool. ropes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't wear it with all those bright lights on the pier right. <laughs> in the dock there. Um, but it's, it split scenes a lot between him infiltrating the ship and the boys, like, talking. Uh, because Cole's kind of... Cole's kind of losing it. He's... he's he doesn't know yeah, what he's to believe. He's on the brink. He is. Yeah. Um, and the Rockies, they're trying to... Which is right where he wants to be, on the edge. Because that's where he's best at. And, but that's why you have Rocky, who's that, that rock, the rock, right? who is there to support and be strong, because it's through Rocky's thinking, which these these ninjas, these bodyguards are stupid. These guards. Well, they've given the boys access to a phone. A and phone, and they call. It must be just an internal line, though, right? Yes. You can't call out. Um, because when they pick it up and call it, it they get security. Um, and these kids pretend... I guess they forgot to dial nine or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Dialing out? Can't forget to dial out. <laughs> and so, honestly, the kids get out in a really dumb way because these guards are crappy at their job. Because even this guy at security says, like, Frank, is this you? Frank? Uh. And he says, like, I'm testing the phone line. Give it a call back. And hangs up. And what happens? Second leader. It calls. He calls back. Want to talk to Frank? Um, No relation. No <laughs> <laughs> no relation, yes. And so they basically employ this guard to and then uh, to open the cell. Which, by the way, it wasn't mentioned earlier. All these ninja guards have eye protection, as they should. This is a dangerous, and they, they have guns as well. So they have guns. Yeah. So um, I've got to mention it way earlier because you see that in the very beginning where they show uh, Snyder's ninjas, they all have 
eye protection. Which I guess, guess what? If um, Fester and his goons had eye protection, they would have survived the pepper bombs. <laughs> yeah. So, um, um, so basically, they get the guard to open the door and come in to answer the phone. And it's trickery. Out. Yeah. And I mean, to be cool, fair, like Colt's like, I mean, I called um, Rocky's swinging this phone pretty, pretty good. And this yeah. is the old, an old style. Well, a ninja can use his surroundings <clears throat> as a weapon. That's right. And knocks this ninja out cold. Mm-hmm. And then they start their exit sequence. Um, while, again, it keeps splitting back to Grandpa Mori, who is also infiltrating the ship mm. to come find the boys. Um, and some of the best, better fighting scenes yeah, well, of the movie. And the boys encounter this sick ninja with white face paint. Yes. Long hair. He was like, like a badass lo- ninja. Yeah, he looks like a total badass. He, he looks so cool. He goes after the boys. And is immediately defeated by uh, like some st- a, blast like a, a blast of steam, and uh, Colt then uh, takes this man's sword and uses it to denude him, <laughs> just to shame him. Uh, so he cut cuts his clothes off, leaves him crying, and they move on. And he is uh, this man now owes Colt his life <laughs> for for having spared it. I think. Sure. So a lot of fighting scenes again. Some of the better fighting scenes of the entire movie. Um, which I, I think then some of these boys, some of these boys are obviously very trained, very well trained already in yeah. real martial arts because it, it was some pretty good choreography, I thought, for the time and for the movie. And they run in, they, they finally meet up with Grandpa again. Yes. And Grandpa goddamn kills a guy with a throwing knife. <laughs> Though they yes. think, they think at first as Maury is pulling this throwing knife out <laughs> that he is about to kill them. Yes, 100%. So they're, I mean, they have, they are following Colt's, uh, uh, line of thinking and that Grandpa has broken bad and is about to murder them. Yep. And say, like, Grandpa, no! But Grandpa instead uh, just throws the knife into the chest of that the, the so guy dead. following. I, this is something I believe was cut from the American release of the film. <laughs> but uh, yes, Grandpa has uh, blooded his hands. Not, I think, for the first time. Oh no, there's no way. He's got the, bodies. While the kids were just knocking out these ninjas, I'm pretty sure Grandpa was killing a good chunk of them. Right. Oh, he taught them to kill. Yeah. With their, uh, with their the blows to these special spots, spots, um, which coming up, <laughs> yes. So they, um, so they're together now, and Colts now reaffirmed his trust in his grandfather because he came to save him. Um, so they're running out. I think they they went to this like dojo. They area. split up again for some reason. Grandpa doesn't just take them off yes. the ship. I yeah. don't. I don't know if it's out because he's out for blood or they don't know. Yeah, I don't know why. But for some reason, the the boys go further down into the bowels of the ship. Yeah, and then they run into Rushmore, the bodyguard. This guy's cool. He's I, cool. I, I like, like Rushmore. Um, but then they use their combined strength and knowledge of all those body part body points. Yep, by uh, using Tom Tom as a battering ram. Yes. They take uh, out Rushmore. Yeah. Which again shows you... Rushmore, he handles them for a little bit, and then they decide yeah. to, like, all right, I guess he's going to try to kill us, so we can... Which, it's a pretty good scene, I thought. Yeah. Um, better than some of the other ones in the movie. Uh, and they take down Rushmore. They don't kill him. But they severely... Well, I also should have pointed out that Tom Tom, like, in different fights earlier, like, at least three times, uses the, like, winding up your fist for a bigger <laughs> yes. punch move. Yeah. Uh, which is just like Buster Keaton shit. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, so they they take, they take out Rushmore. He's done. So yeah. they they run dead. Do you think? 
No. Okay. There's no way. They're kids. Mm. They have no idea. Not not lethal enough. Sure. I mean, they should have. I mean, they show multiple scenes of them using like size and nunchucks right. and throwing stars, and they really don't use them as they should. They're for showing, not for blowing. There is a scene actually in the escape before they made with Grandpa where they run these ninjas with weapons, and so they form their own like nunchucks out of like. Like there's, I don't even remember. There's a scene where Rocky goes up and yanks the steel pipe off the wall with oh, yeah. like sparks because he has that strength with one hand, I think. Then he breaks the pipe in half and uses the wires in the pipe and as like kind of a nunchuck. Yeah, yeah, but there's no way those wires would stay in because the wires went through the like the entire. Mm. It's very theatrical. Yes, <laughs> but um, well, and then Colt just uses two wrenches chained together yeah. it's a brutal it's a brutal weapon so i mean they really should keep these weapons because they're very effective right. they of course don't so now taking rushmore down um that's when snyder snyder reappears with his like his basic, gang, his entire army all armed with firearms yeah along with assault weapons too yes which kind of takes the whole ninja aspect again out of it well, I guess Ninja uses the tools at hand. I, 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 right, what that right. is, a, you know, an M16. Um, but then Grandpa shows up and then challenges Snyder to a fight. Right. One-on-one. With stakes, even though I guess Jessica has not told Maury not to gamble. <laughs> the stakes are, if he loses, he Maury dies, he's betting his life. And if he wins, the boys, the boys are to go free. I don't know if Maury is still... Meant to stay. With I don't them. know, but uh, Snyder does actually. T- uh, he's kind of honorable in the way he does tell his men, "If I do lose, because it's kind of a fight. To, it's a fight to the death, right?" So Maury's going to lose. No, no. Well, I guess Maury would leave then, because Snyder would be dead if, um, right? Because Snyder says, "Like if I lose, you let them go." Like he makes them makes them follow his order. They fight. So if- Snyder is wearing. A similar like martial arts out. He's yeah. not wearing a mask, but no. he's got uh, it's red, outfits. red kind of shark skin. For looking cool for outfits. all the world like your stereotypical white guy who's really into Japanese culture, <laughs> yeah, which is very cool. <laughs> I thought it was well fit. Yeah, um, and so they have a, a probably the best fight scene of the movie. It's it's legitimately like I forgot you got to say it. It's a legitimately pretty good yeah. fight scene. Um, um, and of course, but, you know, Snyder versus Victor Wong stunt double <laughs> for much of it. But still, it was, it was a pretty good, but right. again, better part, best part of the movie, I think. And so, watch a pretty good fight scene. But then, of course, you know, um, Snyder is younger, faster, yeah. yeah, stronger. So he does overpower Mori, and, and so, Mori certainly conniving, uh, less honorable. Yes, because he used up, uh, uh, I think, a pepper bomb, a pepper <gasps> thing, what to um, attack Mori and get him off him. He does not say, "So if it stings." No, uh. no, <laughs> that doesn't come up with this one. But then um, he meets with his kids real quick. The kids real quick, and he he gets uh, inspiring words, but he also gets jelly beans from, from Tum Tum. Because it's Tom Tom. Tom Tom thinks it's a Ronald Reagan situation where they have to uh, <laughs> give him some uh, give him some jelly beans He's... to kind of disguise his uh, simulate. I don't know how they did that with Reagan. Well, so it gets to the point. Maury is losing. He's losing so bad. He's bloodied. He's bloodied up. Oh, yeah. He's not looking good. And um, I'm pretty sure Schneider has him. Is it by the throat? He's lifting him up. Or by maybe by his chest. Yeah, I think it's kind of by the front of his gi. That's what I. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And then of course it's like, 
um, say goodbye, say bye to your grandpa, kids. Like, because he's, he's going to yeah. inflict a lethal blow here. Yeah. And, of course, what does Mori do? He uses his surroundings, and he, he shoves these jelly beans. That no child should be allowed to eat. No. Because uh, they don't crush under human weight. Right. Uh, <laughs> he shoves these jelly beans down Schneider's windpipe. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure just down his throat, but he starts choking on these right. jelly beans. Um, and which then allows Mori to get away. But then, Seemingly course, having won the battle. Until Snyder grabs a rifle and is about to shoot them dead. But then, of course, the FBI... The FBI shows up, and, and it's shot guns the to the rescue. Yep. Here we go. Because Snyder gets shot in the shoulder and kicks taken down. Right. FBI saves the day. Right. And so, so we're moving towards the, pretty much the end of the movie at this point. Um, uh, they're outside getting bandaged up, well, mostly Maury because he's... Sam thanks Maury for executing half of the rescue, I guess, uh, yeah. not managing to get the boys off the ship when he should have, <laughs> instead allowing them to continue their search for Snyder. I don't know what Maury was thinking there. They really should have just left the ship. They um, shouldn't have, but he the moment, uh, maybe. Sam uh, gives in and will allow the boys to continue their ninja training. Yep. And his partner comes up and says, hey, man, we've got a boat full of evidence we got to collect. And he says... You know what? You're going to have to do it yourself. I've got a family full of heroes to take out for pizza. <laughs> and what is? And Maury then says, and they, they, think, they think they say, come on, Grandpa, let's go. Yeah, and Maury says, I hate pizza. And now, this is the end of the movie for the American Is that, movies. wait a minute, is that a, I wonder if they are making a reference to Ninja Turtles and their love of pizza. Oh, I never thought about that. Yeah. Because there's also a scene you, I neglected to mention that in which, uh, during the kidnapping scene, a Colt says, "Oh no, robbers!" And he puts his hands on his cheeks, right. as in perhaps in homage to uh, Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone. Obviously, uh, Ninja yeah. Turtles and Home Alone being the, uh, being the clear influences upon <laughs> this film. Huh? That's a good reference. Yeah. I even and even if that wasn't their intention, that's a damn good. Reference because, yeah, Maury is the splinter of this uh, this group, but then Maury uh, will also be the Mrs. Miyagi, yeah. But then Maury says, I hate pizza, right? And then again, that's the end, then and they drive off in Maury's cherry convertible, and that is the rest of it, except unless you're watching the international version of the film, yep. They still drive off, yes, but then it opens up the next day, assumingly. And this last viewing is the first time I had seen this international cut. And I don't remember which one I watched growing up. Probably the American, honestly, mm. one. It's it's the three boys at first, and they're they have Tom Tom on his bike because he didn't lose his bike. Right. But they're talking about taking turns to share the bike. Excellent minds for continuity. Yep. Tom Tom would still have his bike. <laughs> and so they run into Emily and the bullies. I mean, this this is the, the international end of the movie where he wants to the bullies are like baiting them, and. I believe it's Rocky, Rocky, who goes up to Rocky's them. ready to fight. But then he looks over to Emily like that, and she says, show off. Oh, she's into it now. So he has not learned to not show off. She has just learned to like his showing yep. off. And so he, is, he goes all in and takes down like the head bully. Which happens to be the one black one in the the only uh, black one, yes. Uh, that's the optics aren't great here, I guess. No, it's ninety nine two. He beats up one of the kids, 
And this is the bully who, like, those are one of the two are more convincing, like, yeah. big bullies. Though this bully wears a, a POW MIA hat, which is, uh, looks enough, I suppose, like a Raiders or White Sox hat, like what NWA would have been wearing at the time. <laughs> but, you know, an organization for recovering troops missing in action. Yeah. This is a charitable organization that he's wearing this hat for. <laughs> and they beat this shit out of or rocky rather just beats the shit out of this bully uh the bikes are recovered and uh happily ever after that's it until three ninjas kick back so Frank, what do you think of the movie you know i it is what i remember as a child right um but what kind of surprised me when i watched it as an adult is how little substance or anything of yeah. value is in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's just sugar cereal. Yeah, that's right? a good way to put it. It is something that kind of appropriate for children, though maybe not. I mean, maybe not so much. But kids are bound to love it, and parents are bound to hate it. So it's like this worst kind of family yeah. movie, right? How would you rate it out of? Let's see, we should probably do a rating system. Okay, I like a, a letter grade myself. Letter grade. Okay, so like standard school F through A. As an ex- Yes, as okay. an experience for adults wanting to goof on a bad movie, I'm going to give it an A minus. Wow. As a family friendly kids movie, I'm going to give it a D. Okay, okay, okay. I would have to probably get meet you in the middle of, with one. I'm gonna, I'm going to give it a. I'm just giving it a C. I'm going to give it a D. C. I have to for using that R word in there. I have to knock it down to a D minus. I think. I'm gonna say solid straight C because it is it has it is a cult classic movie. It's grown a the first release is big. Mate has were yeah. you a parent when you introduced this movie to your kids? When they were old enough, I probably would. Because it was it is a cult has grown a cult following over the years. It is a fun movie from my childhood. I mean, we all like ninjas. It definitely has some issues with it because it's a movie of its time. Would I want to watch this again willingly? Probably not. I have no reason. I mean, maybe if we want to get together and talk about it. Have I have no time. doubt that I will watch this movie again. Yeah. And I think we should probably do a different episode on the Three Ninjas Kickback, which, sure. in which they travel to Japan. Yeah, um, we can do that. To get even deeper into Japanese culture <laughs> than this movie did. Um, the boys are getting back to their roots. I will say, I, I did do a Haya counter. I want to say Oh, yes. That, How many times did they say, um, Haya! So, and I, I'm, I'm sure I may have missed one or two because there was... There's a crap ton in certain mm-hmm. scenes. So through the movie, there's 260. This is international cut, which is 90, let's see, 96 minutes long. They had 267 instances of a haya. Okay, which is something ninjas did to announce their position and <laughs> that they are going to hit somebody. Yes. Which I think in a lot of martial arts, they do have like an audible like sound they make. Sure. Not in the nowadays. I would say not ninjas, though. No. But. If you t- if you think about how long the movie is, that means there's uh, t- almost three hayas per minute of the entire length of the movie. Okay, and that includes credits. Is that a record? Uh, so this is our first one. So okay, <laughs> it's a record for us. Yes, but that's a lot of hayas. And so uh, that's gonna we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, Diego and I are going to uh, crawl into our bunk beds okay. and uh, and call it a night. Diego, I love you. I've grown fond of you, Frank. Yeah. <laughs>